Welcome, everybody. Happy Fourth of July. Don't anybody get blown up this weekend, and please don't set our city on fire. Amen? Let the Lord do that. That's what we're looking for, isn't it? For the Lord to set our city on fire. Well, I want to encourage you. I feel like Pastor Justin had a great prophetic word that lines right up with, with what, where our message is going today, starting a new, about a four-week, five-week series. And this is really at the heart of what the Lord's doing in me uh, vision-wise for our church, vision-wise for me personally as a Christ follower and also as a pastor. And I want to encourage you. I'm, I'm hoping that you're experiencing what I'm, I'm experiencing is that something, that, that the Spirit of God is here and is moving. I don't know if you're feeling that, but I'm feeling a, a, a real move of the Lord happening here. And I want to encourage you to get aggressive in inviting people into our family. The, the world is not coming into the church hardly anymore, and we, the, the, I believe that the reason that you're here is because you were invited. And I want to encourage you to invite people to family, not to a service, not to um, a, a program, but to a family. People love home-cooked meals. And when a family invites a, a person into that family, that's what they get. They get that experience of a home-cooked meal. They get real. People want real, and I want to encourage you. You guys are all throwing me off because I've got people sitting in different spots that's just got me all messed up. Now, we're, we are, if y'all didn't know, we are kind of a, we used to be kind of a Baptist church, and Baptist people sit in the same pew. If you didn't notice, they're written on the pews. So, y'all are messing me up. I'm looking around and seeing people sitting in different spots, and I'm like, what is going on? Uh, so, but I want to encourage you. The world needs the Lord. And the Lord has placed the church here to reach the world. And I want to encourage you to get aggressive in asking people in, asking people to come and to experience what we're experiencing here. And I need you. Our staff, our board, our leadership needs you. We need your ideas. We need your hard work. We need your heart because we are going somewhere. We have a purpose. Church on the Hill has a purpose. And we have a vision, and I believe it is to come in here and to be changed and to get equipped to go out and to change the world. We have got to get outward focused, but we've got to get inward focused in that we take care of the inside of the cup, that we're not walking around as a hoarder with a good outside but a messed up inside. And that's where the church is today. We look good from the outside, but we're messed up on the inside. And then someone from the world comes in and we're judgmental and ugly and shun them. Get away from them. Don't like the way they smell. Don't like the way they look. That's just the opposite of Christ coming. He came here for those that were messed up, not for those that had it together. He came for the messed up. He came for me. He came for you. And we've got to get aggressive in inviting the messed up into the family. So, Today's purpose, the purpose, I believe, of church, church on the hill, that Jesus' purpose for the church is to come into this house and to get your needs supplied. Our Father in heaven, His Son Jesus, the Holy Spirit is here to supply our need. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider. His name is provision. And we are to come in here as a body of believers to be provided for by his word, by his spirit, by his body, by each other. For provision. 
and to get equipped to go handle what it is that we're walking through. And as we walk through that, to now supply the need of the world with the good news of Christ. They will see it. We do not have to beat them over the head with a Bible. They will see it because it's in you. But we must get aggressive. Do you know you won't ever catch a fish if you don't go fishing? You'll never catch one. You have to go fishing. And you got to go fishing where the fish are. You can go fishing all day long in a spot where there are no fish and not catch one. you got to go fish where the fish are. Go find the world where they are. They're not coming to where you are. You've got to go fish where they are. Let's go, church. Let's make a difference. So today, will you open up your hearts to the, to the Word of God, to the Spirit of God? Because what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks is transformation. Transformation. Change. Life is all about change. From day one, the moment you took your first breath, change started, started to occur. First step, you're a baby. Next step, what happens? You go to school. I'm going to kind of jump. I'm kind of missing some years here. Next step, this just happened to me this week. That child that was a baby that finally went to school started driving. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. She's a great driver, by the way. Then what happens? They graduate. We graduate. Do you remember when you graduated? Do you hear the change? <laughs> I last night got to um, man an inflatable at All Good. And uh, there was a lot of energy uh, in the room. Just happens. So, what happens after high school comes college? You guys remember your college days? Did any change occur to you during those days? Then comes marriage. That should have a definition of change beside marriage. You'd better change. Things are going to change when you get married. Can anybody say Amen. They change, whether you like it or not. Then comes career. Then comes you start having kids. What comes next? Kids leave. Then what? You retire. Then what? You die. <laughs> it is change after change after change after change. Every step of our life is change. We don't have to be asked. We don't get to give our opinion. We have to change. These glasses, everybody's giving me a hard time over me wearing glasses. Well, sorry, my eyes are changing. If I could stop them from changing, I would do it, but I can't. God has created us to change. Our life, which is the same as church, is to change. Everybody say change. Change. How many of you know a baby's diaper needs to be changed? Try not doing that. It doesn't go well. When it says 6 to 12 pounds, that's all those things will hold. <laughs> I've tried it. They won't hold more than that. Our life is to change. God's word calls it transform. 
I don't know if that's, an, that's a way for God to say it in a way that we're not recognizing change. Because when we hear the word change, we all just want to cringe up and go crawl into our hole. Transform. But our call, call as Christ followers is not just to be tra- transformed, but to transform the world. That's our call, church. And transformation happens physically, but what God's Word is talking about when we're going to look in Romans chapter 12 is changing your thinking. We have a way of doing things. We have a way of thinking. God wants to change your thinking to line up with His thinking so that your new thinking will produce doing. He doesn't want to change your mind so that you don't change anything that you do. He wants to change what you do. Right doing or righteous doing. Albert Einstein said, The world as we have created, as we have created it, is a process of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. Leo Tolstoy said, Everyone thinks of changing the world, but no one thinks of changing himself. You want to change the world? It happens with you. It happens with you. We always think if this person would change, things would be right. No, if you would change. If you would change. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. When do you start to begin to walk in his perfect will for you? When you begin transforming. When your thinking changes. If we can, look at this word at the bottom, transform, transformation. This word's broken up into two words, trans and form. Trans basically means so as to change in form or position. To change in form or position. And form means a mold, frame, or block in which something is shaped. So you put these two together, you get to change the way something is shaped. Can you see that the Word of God, that the Spirit of God, that the heart of God is to begin to change the way your thinking is shaped so that your thinking will produce the doing that God desires, the righteous doing, the doing that will bless you and will bless your community, will bless your finances, will bless your marriage. Do you know God's got um, wisdom for you in every area of your life? That if you will change your thinking so much that you will start doing That thing, your life is going to change. It's going to change into a kingdom mindset, into a kingdom um, covering that's that's going to position you for kingdom blessing, for kingdom reward. That's when, uh, when our thinking changes, that's what we line up with. To change the way something is shaped, our mind. Where we're going over the next few weeks is basically going to be looking at this uh, life cycle of a monarch butterfly. What I want to tell you is, everyone, 
every one is that beautiful butterfly. That's where we're going. Everyone has that potential. The problem is we're still a big fat caterpillar. And we are in need of transformation into, as Justin said, into the intention that God created you. God didn't create you to have this, um, this apartment building that's stuffed so full of junk, so full of pain and hurt that you can't even move. You can't even get from one room to the next because you've got things in your, in your mind that you cannot overcome. And the Lord would say, I did not create you like that. I created you to be free. I created, to, I created you to help clear out those things and to live in complete freedom and power and victory. Not just to live in freedom, but to live in victory. You, and I'm going to kind of give a spoiler toward the end. You are a 10 in something. What I mean is on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, you are a 10 in something. The problem is you may be trying to do something that you're not really, it's really not your thing. Maybe your parents kind of forced you into it. Maybe situations forced you into stuff. But you are a 10 somewhere. And that's what we're after. We're after you. God has created you awesomely. I want to ask my wife to come up here and talk to us just a little bit about how we learn and how we change our learning uh, kind of a view of learning. Okay, so, am I on? Yes? Um, okay, so Pastor Paul and I, um, if you know us much, we've talked about our little Saturday morning times together. Um, woo! That was loud. Okay, woo! Okay, are we doing good now? Can you hear me? Um, okay, changing. How's that? Better? No, it's not better. There. That's better. Okay, we did it. Yay. Um, okay, so if you know Pastor Paul and I at all, you know that we attempt to have this Saturday morning, like, talk and, you know, kind of plug, it, plug together, plug in together, plug into God's Word together and pray. And so one of the mornings we were talking about transformational learning and I have been fascinated this summer because I've been studying about the way that adults learn. And a lot of times, um, well, predominantly what I've been looking at is younger kiddos. So it's been so awesome to talk about adults um, this summer. And so we were talking about this, and I, of course, I, like, I need a sounding board. I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but I like to talk a lot. And Poor Paul, a lot of times, is my sounding board. So it was kind of maybe one of those moments for me. Um, but in thinking about this scripture, and he was kind of crafting this, and I start thinking how all of this fits together. What is that scripture? It's Romans 12, 2, and it says, and do not be conformed to this world. I think what he had up there was don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Oh, look, there it is but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you know, you guys have heard me talk about that social learning theory where people copy behaviors. That's part of how we learn. We just, we imitate. There's a behavior, you watch an adult do. Have you ever thought to yourself, I'm just like my mother, I just had that moment, or I'm just like my father? Um, I have people tell me all the time that my sister and I are just alike. 
They say to me, you talk just alike, you laugh just alike, you have the same expressions. It's because we, we copied, we imitated behavior of the same people. So we're very similar people. But anyways, what I'm trying to tell you is I think that God knew that we copied behavior. Like he created us and we copy, and sometimes we copy behavior that isn't good. And I think that that scripture, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think he knew that it would be easy to get into the world and see behavior that isn't good behavior. So we really have this warning of, hey, don't, don't conform to the world. And, you know, you think about it, it's, it's mass overload what's out there. We have so many opportunities. Our children have so many opportunities to, to be conformed by the world. And so, so what I want to share with you is this idea of being transformed. Well, really interesting thing this summer, as I was sitting in this class, I'm sitting in there and we start talking about transformational learning. And there's actually people in the room who aren't getting it. They're like, what do you mean? You get transformed. And let me say, these were my non-Christian friends who were like, I don't get it. What, what's the goal here? How do we transform somebody? But because I know Jesus, and I start thinking of all the times I've been transformed. Because I get the knowledge. It's like I get the word. You know how the word of God says precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little? That's how we learn. And little by little, a lot of times we just learn and it's like we're building these skills of trusting God and walking with God. But sometimes you get that word, you get that knowledge out of heaven, like, like pastor spoke a word or you read something and you're like, my life is changed. And so it can happen different ways. It can be transformational in that it happens in that instant moment. You know, like when those drug addicts are set free. Have you ever heard somebody say that? I'm thinking of a friend of mine who says, all of a sudden, alcohol tasted bad to me. I just woke up one day and it was done. I didn't want it anymore. That's transformational. And sometimes it's something that we have to walk in, like self-control. So, anyways, what do you want to add to this? Because I'm rambling. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> On uh, uh, copying behavior, have you ever been in a situation where you've got a bunch of babies, maybe in the nursery, and if one starts crying, oh yeah, it's like if we can just keep the one from starting, we can survive. But once the one starts, for some reason, the other one's like, well, that one's crying, and something good is happening to them. I'll, I think I'll cry. And it's so easy to copy the behavior, depending on who we're around. And it says, do not be conformed of this world. Do not allow the world to change your thinking. And if we were to go, and one thing that happened with Elizabeth and myself was we had to have financial transformation. Can anybody relate? Elizabeth and I grew up in two totally different um, arenas. I grew up, and forgive me, Mom, I'm just going to say, I grew up in an arena where we didn't talk about finances. We just didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about how to ha handle your checkbook and how to balance it and how to not overspend and not use credit cards. They may have talked to me. Maybe I wasn't listening. How many of you know that can happen too? 
but we just didn't communicate a whole lot about it. So when I got out from under their covering and started doing my own thing, I just kind of had to just start doing my own thing. I didn't know any different. So I just spent. I didn't save. I just was stupid. Didn't know any better. Yeah. And I, on the other hand, grew up in a home where my parents frequently talked about finances, but my mom was such a free spirit that she always did her own thing. And so my dad was this structured nerd who like wanted a spreadsheet on everything. And then my mother was that person who was like, okay, okay, Jean, I hear you. And then we would go out shopping and I just watched her lay down credit cards. And so guess what I learned? We can have a conversation about this, but let's go spend some money. And so that's, and, and they're great people. My parents so are great people. So we started Your our marriage and people. I would get the credit card statement and I'm like, what were you doing? <laughs> that didn't well, I just put it well. on the credit card. <laughs> well, we have to pay for that. Well, then pay for it. <laughs> and we found ourselves kind in of at trouble. a crossroads. We did. We found ourselves in a lot of trouble. It was, it was 2001. We had a rude awakening. And I will tell you, the way we started our first five years on our finances, I did not talk. Mm-hmm. I just thought that's what, just what you do. I just handle it. Just take care of it. Take that burden off of her. That's what my dad kind of taught me is not to burden my wife with those financial burdens. And she's like, why aren't you talking to me about this? I'm like, what do you mean? That's just how life goes. I'm not supposed to talk about it. Oh, no, you are. You are supposed to tell me everything about it. Oh, no, I'm we not. We had several problems, obviously. <laughs> and then I did start talking about it. And she's like, I can't use the credit card. Okay, then let's don't talk about it anymore. I, I'm kidding. She didn't say that. But all of a sudden, we had two different behaviors mm-hmm. coming into a home trying to do things that we were not on the same page at all and my way didn't work and her way didn't work right so you take a bad and a bad and mix those together it doesn't equal good mm-hmm. it equals a problem right so we came to the end of our rope yes in 2001 um, we came to the end of our rope and we I felt like that we got a piece of transformational knowledge at that point in our lives And we were both seeking God. Um, I think that we were really recognizing that we were in some pretty major trouble financially. We had had borrowed some money. um, And we were trying to invest, trying to do the right thing. But that wasn't the right thing to do. Um, And anyways, we found ourselves in in a pretty big hole. And um, no answers. No money. I mean, could have lost, lost it all. And... Our pastor at the time, it was Pastor Matt, brought in um, Joe McGee. You guys know Brother Joe. This was probably 2002 by now. Um, And he did a financial seminar. It was like a three or four day seminar teaching. And um, it was just wisdom. And he gave us a lot of books to read. He suggested books to read. And we were hungry for God. And let me tell you, the whole time we were like tithing people. You know, we were trying to do the right thing, but we were falling down horribly at it. And I'm telling you, that information we got in that seminar changed our lives. And so when we say transformational knowledge, transformational learning, sometimes you have those moments where God comes in and all of a sudden we started living on a budget. We started living within our means. We started saving. We were broke and saved more money that year than we had saved our whole life. Not our whole life, but 
mm, our, whole our whole life. life. Okay. <laughs> we also started doing real basic things like that Christmas before that, like we got down to Christmas and had no money to buy our kids presents. It was ugly. And we started a Christmas club account, you know, just little things that he was giving us knowledge and we were taking it, it transformed our lives. Um, you want to pick up? It took, it took us hitting rock bottom to even consider changing the way we thought. But I can tell you that from the very first day that we started to change, God started moving. Mm-hmm. The very first moment um, when we started to be faithful over our finances, um, I will tell you, even as we started to be faithful over our marriage over the last 10 years with um, the five love languages and um, the marriage semin- yeah. seminar that we took on. Love and respect. Love and respect. Mm-hmm. God moves. Mm-hmm. God moves, but he's waiting for us to move. Mm-hmm. He's waiting for us to say, okay, Lord, I need you. As, as you were praying this morning, you've got such a challenge in school and you just need help. Mm-hmm. Amen. We can try to do this thing on our own. Yeah. I can't do it on strength. Or we can give it our best effort Mm -hmm. according to what the Word of God says and ask the Lord to be with us and then get after it. Mm -hmm. But transformation, if you're battling, I want you to know there is a way out. Mm -hmm. But you have to take the route. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just drop in your lap. Mm -hmm. Our finances did not change overnight. No, and that was the thing. That was where then you hear the word. And they're still changing. They are, and you start saying little by little, you know, precept upon precept, little by little, here, here, here a little, there a little, and you start walking out the word of God, and that's what we did. We got godly principles. We learned a lot, and I can tell you, we still went on and did more things. Um, we went on and did FPU, which there again, I think we would both say was transformational. Financial piece. Yeah. Each piece has been transformational. Let me drop back to with our kids. One of the hardest things that I have been able to walk through with my children is letting them go and letting them be their own person. As a parent, I, I kind of have a tendency of wanting to control and tell them what to do, and if they don't do it, I'm disappointed and they're going to fail. And I have recognized how incredibly gifted and talented that they are. Now, your kids, I'm sure you feel so great about them too, and you should. I watched my son walk in last night, and I wondered if every parent thought their kid was just the best-looking kid that ever lived. I'm sitting there staring at him thinking, I'm that guy. But I've got to be that guy. He is the best-looking thing I've ever seen. And these girls I've got down here are the best-looking girls I've ever seen, ever. And, but I'm supposed to raise them up in the way that they should go, not in the way that I want them to go. Amen. In the way that they should go. So my son at 12 or 13, no, at 15, decided to quit all the sports. And it killed me. It killed me. I wanted to cry. I hated it. I'm like, why would you do that? Don't you know that's what you're supposed to do? And he would say, "Uh, no, it's not. It's what you think I should do. (laughs) And then he just began to blossom Mm -hmm. in his areas. And the Lord just said, look, raise him up in the way that he should go. It will go way better for you, Paul. It'll go way better Mm -hmm. than for you to try to control and again, it's, it's allowing the Lord to transform me. When Elizabeth and I first were married and were raising kids, I had a view of spanking. She had a different view. And I'm like, oh, no. And she has an education in it. I'm like, 
oh no. <laughs> Double oh no. <laughs> what are we going to do? And we had to change. Uh -huh. It was a transforming moment uh -huh. for us to learn how to raise our kids together. Right. I had to change. Uh -huh. You had to change. I did too, yeah. Yeah. So I, I know I'm kind of hitting a bunch of bullet points here, but the Lord desires for you to transform, mm -hmm. to allow him to place his hands on you and to mold you into what you were supposed to be, for you to begin to fit and to work well and to excel and to be this beautiful butterfly. And I just want to say, in you talking about how great you responded to Pete last night. How great I am? Night, yeah, yeah. Well, you really yeah. did. He really responded great to Pete last night. And just for the record, I pretty much blew it. Um, and, and I just want to say this because I don't want you to ever think that we stand up here and act like, oh, we've been transformed by God's word and we're doing great because we still blow it. Poor Pete came in last night from the lake. And his, he, he's fair like me, and he had gotten so burned. And so the first thing out of my mouth is, you are so red. Your nose is so red. And I, of course, start quoting all the research on the dangers of getting sunburned and not protecting your skin. And I noticed when Paul came in, and by that point I'm off my soapbox. You didn't even know that this happened. I don't know, maybe he told you. But Paul doesn't even say that. It was like so awesome that he could just look past that. And for me, like I'm, you know, I, I don't always handle things right. He doesn't either. But I just want you to know that, that we're, we're not perfect people. We're just people trying to walk. Like, you know, love God, serve God. And, you know, we're just trying. We're like everybody else. So, anyways, I just share that to say. And by the way, Pete's nose looks great this morning. <laughs> I was really thankful this morning. <laughs> well, we can wrap up. I just want you to know this is where we're going. Amen. This is where we're supposed to go as a church, <laughs> is to be transformed, is to get around other believers that have, and, and something that we didn't talk about is experiential learning. What One thing that you do have to offer um, as well as knowledge, is you have Experience. experiences. Mm -hmm. You have been through things and have learned. Mm -hmm. You have been through things and have struggled. Um, I'm going to leave you with one scripture. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. God has got a better way for you. I want to encourage you, starting today, to be willing to be transformed. To notice that there are areas in your life that need to be reshaped. Can you just take a moment and think about where your life is falling apart? God wants to reshape you there. He wants to remold you and make you strong so that when the storms come, you don't break. When the storms come, your home is not washed off that you have a solid foundation to stand on. And even though the storms will come, and they're hard, you're not going to blow away. Amen. But you're going to stand strong, and you're going to be a pillar. You are going to be something that people can walk up and see. They've been through that, and look how they came out. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth and I both have come through depression. We've come through financial challenges. We've come through marriage counsel challenges. We've come through kid challenges, we've come through business challenges, we've come through decision challenges, we've come through in-law challenges, we've come through outlaw challenges, we've come through challenges, mm -hmm. family challenges, 
-hmm. And we're still trying. We're still trying. Amen. You have come through so many things. You've come through, you know, you guys know I've just recently lost my dad. Let me tell you something that that's helped me do, relate to you that have lost your dad. Even though I could pray over you and I've read books on how to handle it, because of that experience, I see it differently. Mm-hmm. And that's what you sit here with, is with experiences that this body needs. Experiences that qualifies you to reach the world for, that are hurting. Would you be willing to be transformed? Amen. Amen. And to be willing to get equipped to help transform others. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's where we're going. It's going to be fun. Amen. Uh, it's because it is my sermon <laughs> series. But it's going to be fun. We all stand up with me. We're going to pray together. Elizabeth, will you close us with prayer? Thank you, Father. So, Father God, we just come in right now, Lord God, and um, into your presence, Lord. And we just thank you, God, that you know us, Lord. You know our hearts. You know our um, our downfalls, Lord, you know every place in our life. And right now, Father God, we just um, pray over this upcoming sermon series, Lord God. I just, I, we just ask, Father, that you would speak to us, Lord God. We pray, Father God, um, that you would set us free from um, long-term snares that have entangled us, Father. And Father God, that you would just have your way. Father God, that we would be transformed. We want to be more like you. And so, Father God, have your way, and we just thank you for this upcoming series, and we thank you, God, that when we finish, Lord God, we're not going to look the same. But, Lord God, we're going to be different, and it's going to be good, and we just thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you.